What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Rideshare Rodeo, Uber Lyft Driver, and Gig Economy News. Sponsored by UberLiftDrivers.com, RidesharRodeo.com, with Para.com. I'm your host, SJ. Let's get it on. I'm here today with Lenny Sanchez. Uh, Lenny is part of the Independent Drivers Guild, and he is a, I guess, uh, founding member, maybe, and a person to go to for the Chicago uh, um, chapter of the for the Chicago chapter of the IDG. And uh, Lenny, thanks for being on. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Um, even, I, I don't think pre pandemic, but we were trying for a while, but, um, cause there's a lot of, a lot of scary things out there that like we talk about, um, in some groups I'm in and with some of the people that we interact with daily and we outreach at, you know, with para group, we outreach to people, drivers every day. Um, so we're talking with drivers every day about all kinds of subjects and fear is a big one with them right now. Like real big. Um, a lot of people say, um, you know, you'll see rideshare bounce back fully as soon as pandemic aid ends. But I think that there are a lot of people concerned, especially you're in a, a city that is a perfect example to use for this, where there's a concern, even with those of us, I've been driving for over six years. Um, even those of us who do it and feel secure in what we do, there's still a higher safety risk I feel like than there ever has been for a multitude of reasons. But I mean, in the rideshare world itself, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent that um, in the past, these safety concerns that I personally have and are reflective of much of the community out here are nowhere near what they were a few years ago like yourself i started driving in march of 15 and it was like no fear let's go out money was good and um you know interacted with you know the wildness of chicago anyways but never had i thought that statistically that the odds were no longer something favorable for me to go out there and risk my life to go make a living doing this type of work. And that's something reflective again of many people in the community. And I agree with you, it's not just pandemic relief that's holding people back from going back and road. It's fear of losing their lives. Yeah. But e so even before the pandemic though, I felt, I feel like that was on the rise. You know, I feel like it was already like, I'm, I don't know. Sometimes I bring, I've brought it up a couple of times on the podcast, a specific incident that caught my attention was about three years ago. There was a, uh, um, pregnant Lyft driver in Arizona. I'm not sure if you're familiar. She was like in her third trimester and, uh, the guy had her take her out to a lot and stabbed her like 27 times in the stomach, threw her out of the car just to steal the car. Um, God you know, like thing. some, you know, some things like that. And then it's in the new, it's in like Arizona. It's not even in the Phoenix big paper. It's like in a secondary paper on the last page for a day. Yet if a drunk college student has an incident that is even questionable, that's in the news for a month. <laughs> you know, it's, it's us, it's us drivers and us gig workers that, I mean, they almost don't want to tell the story. It's a little scary, but uh, the trends locally for us in Chicago have definitely kicked up with the media picking up these stories more often. But yeah, I agree with you. Even uh, locally, there was, uh, I believe it was in 2017, a driver by the name of Grant Nelson. I believe he was the first driver believed to have been killed by their passenger on Uber. He had a, picked up a young lady who was underage, 16, from a Walmart who had just shoplifted from there. One of the items she was shoplifted was a machete, and that is what she used to kill him. And um, 
that's something that really struck home for a lot of us drivers back then and made the reality of something like that happening, you know, like, like vivid, where like, this is something that could possibly happen to me. And it made it like something where like awareness of that started to definitely peak. And you're right, the media didn't really grasp that story like I thought they would. And if that were to happen today, um, that story would be front page news, I'm sure at this point nationally, whereas it definitely wasn't, like you said, it was kind of buried. And then if you have that wild passenger that, you know, or whatever it is, sometimes those stories end up getting more coverage, getting in the wrong Uber or whatever it is than what happens to us. Yeah, I, I actually remember that story. And I actually remember, I think it was just recently, I saw that she was transferred from, because uh, she was in a juvie, right? Because she was only 16. But I think that she was transferred to a real prison just recently, even. Like, real recently, maybe this year. <laughs> is that, yeah, is that I, right, I maybe? That. I, saw, I remember seeing that. Um, I don't remember the exact details on it. Unfortunately, we had a couple of, drivers that were killed here in Chicago. And the most recent one was Joshua Strati. And for him, at request of his family, we held a vigil and we tried to gather as many of the surviving family members from some of these, these victims. And fortunately we had Alex Nelson's sister of Grant show up and she spoke on behalf of the Nelson family. And um, so I, I can definitely find out any detail on that but yeah i believe you're correct she was moved to uh hopefully gen pop yeah <laughs> i mean is she i don't even know i know that the judges are allowed to do things like this but it's pretty extreme but so was what she did so was she given life after juvie or is she like was it like juvie and then like some you know crappy 10 years or something i can't accurately answer because i honestly don't recall okay. Yeah, it's just so much information sometimes gets flooded in my brain. I don't remember that exact. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I know this is going to seem a little extreme, but completely reverse the scenario. Obviously, the 16-year-old girl wouldn't be a driver, but if if somehow people could think of what would happen if a guy in a car took a machete to a 16-year-old girl, we would have him set on fire on a stake in the middle of a city that night. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, no justice even. That would just be Texas justice right out of the <laughs> game, man. I it would mean, be really bad. It would be really yeah. bad for drivers, any male driver, any person would be getting accused. Do you have a machete in your car? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy because I would think that, you know, I don't know. I mean, this is – I that it should be life. I mean, that's some, that's some way over-the-top stuff. Anybody would be able to take a machete and kill somebody and time after time keep slicing them has – more than fixable issues, I think, in my mind. But yeah, very scary situation. <laughs> but moving into what you even were just talking about about other drivers, do you feel like? I mean, I know in Chicago right now, there's just a lot of violence, and I know that I know from growing up in Michigan, we used to love to go down to Chicago and catch a weekend there and have so much fun, and we had a blast. We'd go see bands, little clubs, you know, like just great, great times. But, you know, I mean, obviously, just like Detroit, there's bad parts of Chicago. But I feel like more Chicago now has gotten into there aren't really such safe spots anymore. I mean, yes, the danger spots are still the danger spots. But due to the I don't know if it was the pandemic and the lockdowns or what, but I know a couple times I saw downtown, but I even feel like areas that normally don't have an issue we're having issues. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't pinpoint what causing the change in behavior, but it's no longer as concentrated in certain neighborhoods as it used to be. You're absolutely correct. It's um, some of this violent crime and uh, gang type crimes have been expanding to other neighborhoods. You've seen drivers get carjacked on the north side and in River North and downtown, and um, so and get attacked and have crazy situations, pick up crazy passengers as well, too. So, yeah. Um, in fact, one wild story that we had heard from this past weekend and a driver, uh, um, in, a, in a nutshell, he picked up somebody he claimed to look 
like a professional business person from downtown coming out of an office building with a bag and just immediately got in the front seat of their car and after posting as a pandemic, brandished the weapon, told him that the guy was going to drive him around town and said that the guy changed clothes completely in the front seat and had him basically be a drug mule from the front seat of the car. And the story ended really well. I won't end it. I won't tell you the whole thing now, but yeah, we're hearing all these type of crazy incidents, even at the airport. There was a couple of incidents that uh, we heard picking up at the airport where uh, we've probably all experienced this. If you're uh, in Chicago, New York, you're picking up a passenger and you get the wrong passenger gets in your car and they think that you're their driver. And uh, this one guy experienced that. Passengers seemed to maybe had too many beverages while they were on the flight, perhaps. But uh, the real passenger is at the trunk, knocks on the trunk, says, hey, I'm here. So he gets out to help his real passenger. And that other guy gets in the front seat of his car and takes off in his car. <laughs> Even at the airport, there's like been some crazies there. So yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, we've. I mean, we. There was the the California DoorDasher who had his kids stolen. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it's gotten out of control. But so in these areas or any areas where, let's say, an area where maybe you don't see as many carjackings in Chicago. When you do see these and it's happening to a Uber Lyft driver, is it proportional to other drivers or is it a hit on rideshare drivers? So we can only guesstimate that. And from our right, opinion, but I'm asking your opinion being in Chicago, what do you think? Yeah, in my opinion, I think the proportion is they're targeting gig workers at a much higher rate than your average person. And I think that has just to do with the entire nature of rideshare. Um, when you're the old school carjackings, when we saw like in the nineties, where somebody running up to somebody at an intersection and yanking on their door handle to get inside their car, that's, I think a lot less common nowadays than them shopping on an app saying, okay, I got connected with the car that I want or a driver that I feel I can easily overtake and let's go ahead and target that, that, uh, request. I think it's, um, yeah, in my opinion, is it's a much higher rate. And it's unofficial survey that I guess you can call it based on our experience out here, IDG Chicago. We're canvassing at the airports weekly, multiple times, uh, probably on average between six to 10 hours a week on the low end. And we're averaging at least one driver per hour that we're meeting. That's a new one that has uh, telling us that they've been carjacked. They have bullet holes in their cars, and craziest stories that are Got a lot of similarities and seem genuine. So, yep. I, I, it's what's crazy about this to me is that they're they're literally carjacking people who, if they just like if if I'm a driver and I just was like, well, I'm already you know, or I left my phone in the car. Maybe it what maybe I'm using two phones and the one that like is hooked up to Uber or or one of the platforms is underneath my seat. It's like you got that. They might have uh, some kind of tracking on their car. It's like it's the quickest way to find a car because it's very likely your car's in unless they really search for the phone right away and it becomes a full thing. Or like me, I have a couple of dash cams. I have the old SD card, but I have an OWL cam too. It uploads in real time. All I yeah, need to do OWL is call OWL one. and say, hey, you know, like pull the last five minutes. Those guys just stole my car. <laughs> yeah, we've been suggesting to people to get owls. A lot of our members have been getting it, and they're raving about it. And, yeah, so one similarity that we've noticed and we ask every single person that tells us that they've been carjacked, we ask them, did they steal your wallet? Did they steal your keys? Did they steal your phone? And they say yes. And then when their phones are usually recovered, it seems like there's like a trend that the stolen phone is kind of thrown out the window a couple of blocks away because, the carjackers are also aware that that can be used to track them. But you're right. There's people that have these tracking devices on yeah. multiple phones <laughs> or multiple apps. You might have one in the gym bag in the trunk and the guys don't even know or whatever. So it's these, these are people that are killing somebody for a joyride. So they're not thinking about all these little things. Yeah, I guess. Let's get the car and do our thing. So, yeah, it's not even about the old school chop shop method or whatever. This is just, I want to go do a drive-by. Let's steal that car. Let's go do it and dump the car. Yeah, exactly. If they're using the cars to commit a crime, a quick robbery, whatever it is, and they're dumping the vehicles usually after they're trashing them. The, obviously, the SRTs and the yeah. Yeah, yeah. on a chop shop. 
but yeah. So, um, I was reading, and I don't know, it doesn't have a date on it. I saw a couple other things that were dated on the website, but I was reading demand and end to the carjackings. And I was going down the bullet point list, and I pretty, I think I agree with every one of them, except for I have wanted to. So, like on there, people listening, it says like passenger verification, uh, mandatory profile photos. I've talked about that a zillion times, you know, no more dog picture of your dog or, you know, and you can't have the name like crack salesman. Like <laughs> that doesn't help me if there's a gold oh, teeth God. picture and some horrible name, you know, and credit card fraud, uh, verification, stolen account, police zone warning, um, panic buttons, special crime, uh, victim, increased penalties for assault in camera in vehicle cameras, safety violation charges. I agree with all those. The one I wonder about is the passenger background check. I, and I say that because of course I would love that. I wonder how many passengers would choose and not because they have one, but would choose. I don't want to do this. And, or because that opens up another data theft little window, potentially, you know, like, what are they pulling? And I know that, you know, you're having another company do it, but and nonetheless, whenever data is pulled and that kind of data is pretty important. Um, and I'm just wondering if they would, if they, you know, how they would feel about that and, and also what it does. I mean, you know, what if they have a great background that still could be a crazy and if they have a bad one, they could be a good person. <laughs> So it's not something that we think would be a realistic demand that would ever be met. It's almost like the process of asking for the moon and settling somewhere in between. Because we know that even just the cost involved in doing background checks on all the passengers would make it impossibility. Sure. But honestly, it's like in the strategy, like when we're negotiating here, you know, like you go high, I go low or whatever. Right. I was just <laughs> wondering if there, an ex I was actually thinking that was probably your take on this, but I was wondering if like there was like a, a middle ground with that point specifically that like you kind of thought we're asking for this, but we'd settle for this on that specific point, like something that would help. Yeah, that's basically the thought process behind it. And ideally what we would like in the passenger verification thing is, yeah, if they upload a state ID, passport, gun owner's ID card, et cetera, et cetera, and take a selfie. And if it matches up with the credit card, that's a verified account. And what we've offered up to the companies as ideas is like, you guys are struggling for market share, for driver share to return back onto the platforms. We're worried about safety. Um, if you guys verify accounts, drivers will be more willing to return it to the account, to the platform to incentivize your passengers. Give them like $10 off if they come back and they upload their ID, take a picture and whatever it is to go through the process, something. Um, they say all the right things when we have these conversations with them, but they rarely put these things into practice. So that's why we take other angles with them too. Yeah. And that's, and that's something that bothers me because, okay, so you can upload a picture of your dog. You can have a name that's supposed to be for fun. And like the you and I's who were driving back in the day, remember that they were actually even pushing that a little bit. Like, Hey, make it fun. Call yourself it's whatever you favorite. want. Put it, yeah, put a picture of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Um, uh, but so if they had to upload a real picture, because we all know that they don't use and optimize, they've tried it in London a little bit, but true verification. Like for me, we did a lot of tricks and stuff over the over the pandemic. We used duct tape our hand. Yeah, but like I had myself duct taped with my eyes like this, bulging out like I was hijacked or stolen. Please help me. And they were like, good. Like <laughs> so, I mean, we were we were really screwing around with some things there, and then everything worked. So, and they said they were gonna have state of the art. They also said they were gonna do it for the passengers. They never did, which I kind of doubted they would, but um. What about like, would how would you feel if they had to upload a picture and a first name? Because I understand like for, let's say, just people who don't feel safe with you having their full name where they picked you up, the driver, you know, I mean, that's just a little too much for the driver. But if they had your na first name and they could then, I mean, no joke, they can call you by that. You will respond. So it's not a joke name. Um, their picture 
that somehow does get verified as them in the initial part. But then every time they ordered a car, it just said, uh, take a picture, but it didn't even have to be you. If you wanted to take a picture of somebody with you, because it would be on the app. So it's not like you could upload one from a pre-stored. You'd have to, so like you're ordering a ride for your drunk friend and you're like, and you show that person as the person who will be getting in. Would you feel comfortable as a driver in that scenario? So the selfie feature that we re we requested in our safety campaign was to be a process to deter criminals when they're ordering a ride to use the app in the way that they have it, whether it's to carjack or sexually assault or whatever. Um, we didn't um, explain this to the applications as for us to be able to see the selfies themselves. We really believe that if there was a group of us, three of us hanging out here, and I'm like, which one of us is gonna take a picture to order on the guy we're gonna carjack next, that those carjackers would think twice and be deterred from continuing with the ordering of the ride to attack the worker. So that's the notion behind it, because we also know that if we are getting pictures and we're getting selfies that there, there's that possibility that there's a bad driver that may either discriminate against a passenger or target a passenger as well, too. And that's something that was expressed to us, too, is for privacy purposes. There's people that wouldn't want to have their pictures uploaded and shared with the drivers. And we explained to them that, again, that it was just part of the process for the selfie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on a personal level, I would be perfectly fine with people using nicknames, DJ Wannabe or Darth Vader or whatever <laughs> they wanted, but yeah. only if the account was verified. And that means, again, if they uploaded their ID and they took a picture and, you know, I, the, you know, the applications know who's using the ride, then go ahead, Darth Vader, get in here. I'll use the force. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just get, you know, I, I, I guess it's even before the passenger gets in. Cause I mean, I've had some pretty bad ones. Like I grew up in Michigan and I've seen the hood. I've seen the bad day, the areas and I feel comfortable in them because I grew up around so many that I know what not to do. I don't feel comfortable enough to go do anything, but I know what not to do and yet how to still be there kind of thing. But here in Denver, we don't really have all that many of those bad, like, yes, there are some bad areas, but you'd be surprised there's not as many and we don't have the high rise buildings like Detroit and Chicago do. There's not like a Caprini green. There's not a, you know, it's there. They're more like low level ones, but they still get kind of as crazy. Well, when you get there, you're way out nowhere in Aurora. And I don't like where there's no street lights, a few apartments, you know, shady dealings going on for sure. Like it's midnight. I see what's going on. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it's a little scene. It's a, it's a little scene. I don't want to be in. I don't like seeing dumb man and gold teeth. Like I've seen this kind of stuff a lot, you know, as the picture, like, even if it is verified, that's a little, come on guy. Like, why can't we have your name? You can get in the car and say, Hey, I like to be called demand and I'll call you demand. I don't care. But like, <laughs> there's just something to be said with, even if you had to call nine one one, knowing you're talking to the police about yeah his name is demand like so i feel you on that 100 percent. one issue that we have seen with the applications and dealing with police when they're investigating crimes is that despite what they put out in the media they never assist the detectives with the crime every single driver that has lost their lives or has been uh, violently attacked by somebody here in chicago through the application that has seek justice has had to retain an attorney to subpoena the applications for the data on the ride that they were attacked on. Never ever have Uber or Lyft voluntarily given that data up to the detective from the CPD over here. It's always a process taking place. And, and that's something that I think that these companies, I understand they're trying to protect their image and everything like that, but if they were truly wanting to get these people off the platform that are attacking their partners that they would do whatever it takes and they would really really assist the police in these investigations and not go about it the way that they are so thanks for hitting on that topic yeah absolutely because you know if you look at it we not too long ago passed the freedom of information act 
which basically allows out of nowhere, you're having dinner or you're in bed with your lady or whoever you might be with. And they come kick your door and take all your computers because they have the right to read all your emails. And this is for even all the way up to high ranking government. In fact, it's primarily that, but we don't have, I don't understand how a police department, how is that a pri I mean, I, I guess I, I get the little corner angles on it, but how is that a privacy issue if Uber and Lyft isn't to immediately turn over the documents related to that? Because we all, we all know just from, even if you just watch TV shows about crime, we all know, and, and this is right, I mean, the first few slash 24 slash 48 hours are the cru crucial ones. So it's we can't have Lyft and Uber saying no, you can't have that data until you go through the right channels, and then three weeks later have it because it's a cold case. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. Um, again, this is me being jaded against these companies, but I believe that they truly don't care about us that much. That they'd rather get the commission from these accounts and not lose them. That we're just collateral damage. One, two, three, ten drivers dead or whatever it is. It is what it is. Oh, well, business goes on. It's just part of business, the way they look at it. So it's crazy. Elijah Newman from St. Louis was killed um, by a Lyft passenger um, during a carjacking. He was shot in the head, if I recall correctly. Um, that person was arrested. According to the St. Louis Police Department, that individual used the same email address, which means they use the same account because you can't have multiple accounts with the same email address. They use the same account email address on Lyft and on Uber to carjack dozen plus people from what I understand. And these companies didn't react, didn't deactivate their account, like nothing flagged it. Somebody had to lose their lives. I mean, I'm just, I don't want to get triggered here and start. <laughs> no, it's all right, recorded. man. So, you know, this is something I've been waiting to do a podcast on because it is a passion and people need to hear it because I know drivers who have been doing this forever and they, and they feel very comfortable in what they do. And I actually, some of them I know personally here in Denver and I know they're like me and they are like, I've, I've worked, you know, almost 30 years in the bar industry bartending door you know door managing everything uh, you know a little bit of everything and i've worked in some pretty bad downtown loto bars you know that are late night and they're across the street from pepsi center or coors field and as soon as the games let out and then they're heavy dance club areas and stuff we've had our share of problems for sure and uh you know it gets physical in there sometimes late night removing people so i think that like for me being an uber lyft driver that's great training because Uber and Lyft being into us not being in, being independent contractors, they can't even provide a pamphlet to yep. us. So it's, I mean, I know there's a lot of resources out there, people, but make sure you're paying attention to the resources you're looking at because I mean, not, and I, I know a lot of the people, so this isn't a diss on the thing as a whole, but a lot of like the stuff out there is just to get clicks, listen to the right people. Who like because there is some good stuff out there, um, uh, even like on YouTube and stuff as to how to start. Because it is confusing when you're a driver. You open, the, you get an email saying your background check's done. Here, download the app and open it. And you, I know that. I remember when I started. I thought, okay, I'm going to open the app. There's going to be like 27 minutes of videos, and they're going to tell me all this stuff. Nope, it just said hit start to start, and I was like, what? go online and you're ready to rock yeah yeah it's and awesome. i didn't go to youtube even i just hit start and i was like let's see how this goes like i was just <laughs> yeah i was pretty brass too i didn't watch too many videos i'm probably about like 15 minutes i'm like all right let's go ahead and give this a shot i turned on the app i let like a couple of requests cycle and then i'm like all right i'll take my third one and just see feel it out and it was cool um so obviously if they were to train us they, in any sort of way, it would start to blur the definition of employee and independent contractor, and that's something yeah, that's yeah. going on all over the country, anyways. So. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, we talk with both sides on the podcast here, so we're not, you know, we try and not be jaded at all. In fact, I like to have discussions. Like I've had Willie Solis on twice. Um, you know, we have the anti AB five, we have pro AB five. But I try and not take the extreme. I don't like anybody on the podcast who's too extreme and yells. 
<laughs> so if you yell at me, I don't want you on, <laughs> you know, because it's not it's not a yelling thing. It's supposed to be a learning thing for people on either side. Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely something we're doing here is uh, educating drivers on some of the things that are in the pipeline in, in Illinois, because similar to 85, there's a bill that has been drafted and filed here in April to reclassify us and Uber, Lyft. DoorDash, Grubhub, Instacart, Postmates. They have their group here, the Independent Coalition Work for Illinois or something like that. Just like the same group. Yeah, they basically the, took uh, the model of Prop 22 and they're, exactly. moving it, they're moving it to the Massachusetts, New Jersey, Illinois, the states that are thinking about it, Washington. And they're yep. getting in there real quick saying, listen, suck this in before you hear what they say because... They're trying to like yeah. beat it to the gun. Like, hey, here's what we beat it with in California. And we'll do the same here. It's almost like a threat. It's my fear is that they're going to get this unofficial third classification passed here. And if they get it in Illinois, it's very similarly structured as it is nationally for them to be able to try to launch it. And they might be like, yeah, it's a great idea. Instead of trying to get the get ahead of the curve of the curve for the, the classification bills passing, let's go ahead and create the new classification. You know, that's what happened in London. And I have an affiliate I work with in London who has a blog and is on the ground driving. And I have him on the podcast from time to time. And they they actually, after all those years, and I'm sure you kept up with the fact that they finally had some wins, but what ended up happening that was a very big thing is there's employee, there's independent contractor, now there's worker. Yeah, they've kind of had that um, that classification for a while there, if I'm not mistaken. Right, but it... What, how, I guess how I interpreted it from our guy was that now whatever this worker meant, meant all gig workers. So it wasn't quite employee. It, was, it wasn't quite independent contractor, but really it swung more independent contractor because it had already created loopholes. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. I'm actually friends with Yassine and James from, um, they have a couple different names. Now I forgot the name of the newest name that they changed their group to, but they're part of the International Alliance of um, App-Based Workers, Transportation Workers, IATW. Um, they're the guys that have been all over the news and everything from London, uh, behind all the, the, the... Oh, like the one who won the case. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, they're good guys. So, like... Um, like them here, uh, one of the things that we've done is we're out there talking to drivers all the time, and we're really, really, really conscious of what the drivers are telling us. And uh, they could just kind of like drop a little data bomb on you here. So far this year, we've talked to about 4,000 drivers in person, uh, just to canvas to them, talk to them briefly. Um, and in the conversations we've had, we have now approached two drivers out of those approximately 4,000 that said that they would like to have their classification changed to employee and no longer be independent contractor. And uh, we've had one inquire and thinking that maybe a new classification, a third one might not be a bad idea. So in respect to that, we will fight for what the majority of us are, tell are telling us and that's to remain independent. And Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I mean, honestly, we've all seen the, we've all seen the stats. It's, I mean, you can say you can be on either side you want, but 85% of people want to remain flex. And a lot of people will say you can be employee and remain flex. And even I have to step in sometimes and say, well, tell me the one company in the world that lets you do that. Right. Because there isn't yeah. one. <laughs> By definition, they're, they're not wrong. By definition, they're not wrong. There's nothing. That well, there's like nothing preventing a company from doing it. The company's just right. never going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to go. I want to work at 3 a.m. Yeah, like the proposition here would be that drivers in Illinois would get a minimum wage. And if the drivers are getting a minimum wage, there's going to have to be some sort of limitation to the access from the applications. Otherwise, people will be able to, what, collect minimum wage for 70, 80 hours a week just for turning on the app and maybe yeah. not having enough demand. It's not going to work that way. So we know that that employee status thing means a lot of really bad things for workers that workers don't want. None of us want. Um means limited access to the application, possible cap on their earnings or benefits costs for those things being withdrawn from there for drivers. They may never, never qualify to get the benefits because they're just work five, 10, 15 hours a week. Anyways, um, you have drivers that 
their uh, personal status here in this country is not totally resolved. So they are working um, with different numbers in order to be able to maintain food on the table and the roof over their head. And if an employee status thing happens, they all lose their earnings capability because they would no longer be able to work on the applications. And the biggest fear of it is that this fuels everything that Uber and the applications need to push that third classification, the Prop 22 nationally, the Prop 22 version here in Illinois, because that is the direct response to it. So if these people that were behind it, good intentioned or not, if they were conscious of what the mass of workers wanted and tried mm -hmm. to be creative and find a way to gain basically the right to bargain a contract as in remain an independent contractor, then we would be able to be on a unified front and work to, you know, again, empower the drivers completely to represent and fight for whatever it is they want. Yeah. So I mean, not being conscious of that. You, you, you and I, everyone. you and I need to stay in more touch, man. We think, quite a lot alike because <laughs> i mean there's a there's a fine line where you either fall off and and you're part of that no we need to be employees or no it's independent contract it's like the far left and the far right with politics and it's like there's not many people like you and i fall in the middle and are trying to help and just say hey listen we're just trying to make the best of things for everybody <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're trying to let everyone know here. Basically, there's three outcomes that are going to come out of this. You know, we're either going to be classified as employees, and I don't think that's ever going to happen. These companies are going to fight tooth and nail to change that, just like they did in California, quote unquote, the most liberal state in the country. And they were able to pull off Prop 22 and to overturn it, as you know, nine tenths of the vote. Good luck, California. It's yeah. never going to freaking happen. So, um, just yeah, that, that third classification just terrifies me because, in my opinion, it's like the death sentence for the middle class and working class in this country. So we need to get creative here. And the reality is that the drivers they don't want to be employees. They don't want to pay at the benefits. They don't. They still want to be able to deduct expenses like a contractor, and they have full flexibility to work whenever they want. So, but they also want some increased protections in there. They want to be able to negotiate a true contract. So that's like what we're hearing. And if you're not familiar with like the collective bargaining bill, no, that was yeah. bill filed in New York where we postponed it until uh, next spring here, but that's hopefully what we're going to be able to gain for the workers in Illinois and in um, New York and in other States is that you can stay independent and you can now join an organization that joined that has the collective bargaining rights that you can be 100% an independent contractor and have the ability to actually negotiate your contract um, through through this group, unlike we can right now. Because as you know, right now, we wake up five in the morning to a new contract and we just need to hit agree. There's no negotiating. Oh, we, yeah. we, we talk about that all the time. We, we actually have debated what the percentage of people who even... Because, I mean, I've actually said to guess that, you know, how many people do you think read the agreement when they sit, collect, do I agree because it needs an update? And they're like, five. And I'm like, no, it's like 0.0001. I mean, I don't know that. I'm just guessing. I just, I really believe nobody reads it. I don't think too many do. Statistically, we're at about 70% that are of the drivers that are people of color or there are people from uh, English as a second language or immigrants or family from immigrants. So sometimes they just, they don't take the, yeah, like you said, they don't not just take the time to read it. They may not even be able to understand some of the jargon or the language. They oh yeah. Well, so. But I mean, like I'm even at fault. I'm going to admit it. Sure. Me too. You know, I just figure they all kind of are boilerplates of each other at this point. So it's like, what's the, what's the difference? Unless it says, I have to give them my son or something. Like. Yeah. And basically, when I click, I'm just basically, I'm like, I'm agreeing to a pay cut. I'm pretty sure here. It's pretty much I'm agreeing to a pay cut. Right. <laughs> but I even mean with any app, a game, whatever. Sure. You're, you're, you're allowing them to take whatever specific data they're taking. In fact, we just faced that at Para. We had some, we had a, it, it go down for like, you know, just hours. And people were like, what does Para do? It went on Reddit. What does Para do with your data? Like an hour after it was down and out and David was like, you know, like, dude, I can't believe this. I'm like, get past that stuff, dude. That's just trolls. And on Reddit, <laughs> tro trolls show a lot more on Reddit because they, they, yeah. 
yeah, they can get something really kind of moving a little bit. But I was like, you know, the people who the people who like Para, there's they stick with us. I mean, dude, we're you know we're working our hardest, and if it goes down for a minute, just deal with it. It's just (laughs) there's only there's only four of us guys out there. (laughs) Let me give you a little bit of a compliment. I am familiar with one of the local DoorDash groups here. um, Drivers are like senior, like veteran guru DoorDashers, and they all loved all the techniques and. I'm going to let them know that I talked to you and I was connected to you guys and your connection. Yeah. They're going to be like, Oh shit. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, right now you guys are gods to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude. And, and uh, I mean, honestly, like we're such easygoing people. We, we re- anybody can reach out to us through the website. You'll, you'll, if you go to withpara.com, you'll see all of our names at the bottom after it tells you a little bit about what we're doing. And it even talks about your data privacy. It's like, we're taking an email guys. And we try and take such minimal stuff that your 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 dad has stolen a million times, and we don't have any data even from you that would be worth anything. So yeah. we're not doing anything with your data because we're just trying to make something work awesome, you know. And you're we're clo- and we're and we're, cl- and we're close with Grubhub. There you go. Grubhub is soon to be, and I wouldn't have said this not too long ago, even though I knew we were working on it because we weren't close. We're close to Grubhub being in the app too. Awesome. So that's so, an app I'll be starting to work again then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just our thing is transparency, you know. And our other thing is if they want to question us, um put transparency in your app then, and then we don't have to do it. Yeah, keep it great. <laughs> you know, I mean it's real easy. Just put it in your app. You have the technology. So DoorDash, put it in your app, and then we'll take ours down. Yeah, <laughs> but unless unless you're gonna do that, we're gonna help these drivers out and give them all the information they can have, all the tools they can have. So. Yeah, that's what it's about. Yeah, about being that uh contractor, you can make a decision that you want to take that or not. Yeah, so I absolutely love it, yeah, man. Hats off yeah. to you again, man. I owe you <laughs> Well, um, so how do people get in touch with you and what would be I mean, I see on the website, there's a multitude of reasons you would fair pay deactivation, which like, I know like Seattle's got their deactivation center coming up. Um, but that's only in Washington state. It says legal services. And I know the guys at legal rideshare in Chicago, but I'm sure that you're talking about other people too. Cause I was reading it and it sounded like you were, you know, maybe able to place them with others too. So we do not refer people to legal rideshare. Um, they'll write a letter to the okay. attorney connections that they have with the applications if, once they review the request from the worker. But uh, IDG does have an, uh, an appeals process uh, on the East Coast in New Jersey and in New York. And we're uh, adopting that here in, in Chicago as well, too. So we haven't publicized it yet that we're doing deactivations, appeals, applications in Chicago because uh, we fear we don't have the capacity to take on the app number of applications we might get because on the east coast there's a couple of staff members that are essentially full-time just reviewing all the applications and calling and having meetings with and reviewing dash cam footage etc cetera, etc cetera. um we have done some of them we have successfully well, helped some drivers but uh, we're in the process again of, we're going to find somebody here get some funding for it and we'll that'll be something we'll launch here full-time in chicago but I guess what I really meant is like, let's say a driver gets deactivated and they have no idea what to do. They could still reach out to you because even though you might not have the service form directly, you might be able to lead them in a good way. Is that somebody that should still reach out to you? Because they might know, I know these guys, I think I heard these guys know something, but they might know nothing else. Yeah, absolutely. My phone number is for my cell phone right now. It's 773-676-4817, 773-676-4817. You or anybody can hit me up anytime. I prefer that you text me first. Um, and I'm happy to help out in any instance because, yeah, I'm not claiming to be a jack of all trades here, but I can definitely, from experience or from connections, get you some resources or give you some good advice on whatever your circumstances might be, even if it's just some help on earnings or up with a deactivation or whatever it might be. So yeah, definitely reach out to me personally or to IDG. You can also reach out to us. Find us on Facebook, internet. So and the and the official site is independentdrivers.org. Actually, no, we're uh, we just updated it here a few days ago. It's now www.driversguild.org. 
drivers.org. So D-R-I-V-E-R. Oh, wait, that's even what I have up. Sorry. There you go. Yeah, drivers.org. <laughs> yeah, okay. Because I did pull up another one, too, that had your logo, but it was only like one splash page. Yeah, we might. We have, I don't know what it was. And then I found this one and I was like, wait, this is the one, but it was the same logo, too. And I was like, for various purposes, we have different landing pages and splash pages. And okay. Stuff. Oh, yeah. But that's the main one driversguild.org. You can go on there, create your driver profile. If you do that, um, you're submitting your information into a database and we'll email you, text you updates on what we're doing. If you're in Chicago, that means that we're talking to aldermen, we're going to the city hall, we're talking with the applications so if you're listening to this and you'd like to get your voice in we, we have a lot of we have a lot of chicago listeners actually yeah so like if you know a lot of people have a lot of grievances that they'd like to air directly with uber and lyft and we have times where we're having conversations with them directly in fact it's monthly on ongoing basis where we're just discussing different issues so someone is out there that's listening you'd be like hey i want to talk to them about um, like tips disappearing or an issue that I have, you know, there's a platform with IDG with us, sign up first and then uh, send us a message and then we can get in touch and you can come out and join us when we're passing out flyers, doing barbecues. We're going to be opening up a driver's lounge, AKA office here in probably about 30 to 45 days in Chicago, very close to O'Hare. Nice. You don't have to use the nasty porta potties anymore and come on down and use our bathrooms. <laughs> nice. So, okay. So yeah, one last, one last scenario I'd present you with. So this is like to, I guess, directly to Chicago drivers, but like he said, anybody can reach out, but so Chicago drivers, let's say that like you've had an issue. Me personally, this is me speaking, but I'm putting myself, I drive in Denver, I'm putting myself into your market. If I had twice, let's say, had an issue with Uber or Lyft or one of each or whatever, but let's let's keep it to one. It was Uber or Lyft, doesn't matter. And neither time anything got resolved and I wasted a lot of time, but I felt it was a very worthy thing to talk about. Like maybe that's even something you could reach out to idg about because and like lenny about because maybe they have dealt like yep I've, I've heard that a thousand times and what we're doing about that is this am i wrong in saying that or no yeah definitely hit us up there you'll be surprised because you know you know what i mean from being a driver like the third time around you might go screw it i'm just not gonna call it's been such a waste you know and that's what uber and lyft hope on that you're not gonna bother them that's definitely the strategy. Now you get burnt out. You don't so, see if you get carjacked or yeah, you don't report any more crap. You didn't get paid your five dollar cancellation fee that you hope you just give up and not spend thirty minutes on the phone just to get your five bucks, etc. Yeah, right. But especially for even little bigger things. I mean, obviously a major accident or somebody dies in your car. Those are ones that are just dealt with right away. But I'm even talking about bigger than a five dollar cancellation, like you know, anything that maybe they've dealt with twice and both times Uber said, nope. And like, they're not lying. Let's say it's, it's not a fake puke picture or something that they sent oh, in to God. try and get money, but it's, you know, but it's a real issue that they've had, you know, and they need really to talk to somebody. Cause the other thing drivers is remember all the people in the telephone centers for Uber and Lyft are not allowed to give you very much information. They are, they have a book in front of them on, if you bring up this, they can say this, but they have to stop right after that. And yep. it's it's pretty intense. So, I mean, like, you might get a little basic answers, but sometimes it's better to reach out to the Lennies or even to us at Rideshare Rodeo or whatever and, you know, say, hey, I'm having this issue, you know, and yep. I've tried doing this. What, what do you guys know? Because, again, I might not, but I might refer you to a Lenny or somebody else that I already know, and he might do the same. You know, like a lot of us have started networking where we we know people. So if you feel overwhelmed by these platforms and you're hearing this podcast or about IDG on it or us or anybody, just know you have other resources that really do know how to kind of not always necessarily win for you in a, in a fight, but know how to help you get into that fight a little better. Yeah, definitely. And on the resources thing there, um, we have one thing that just sometimes it's difficult to speak about because of egos or whatever it is, but we all need to be conscious of our own mental health. And IDG is very conscious of that. This sometimes is a really stressful job. Sometimes we have abusive passengers just verbally. Um, sometimes we just don't have the best earnings days or weeks and life takes a toll on us. So 
IDG, we have a wellness program. We, we have a day we call Wellness Wednesdays, but we have 24-hour uh, social workers that are available to take a call if you're in a crisis situation or you're just really stressed out. You, whatever your situation is you'd like to talk to, you can share that because um, it's just a resource that we've seen that people are starting to use and are really grateful for. And I hope that anybody that's out there that's listening, it's perfectly normal to talk about any of your feelings, depressions, anxieties are totally normal. I get really stressed out with this job. I'm waking up and I'm seeing the news that somebody else was murdered while they're driving. I mean, that stuff hits me at home. I start crying. I get angry. I'm yelling. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hitting up the rest of the IDG crew. Like, what are we going to do about this? And, um, it starts to hit at home. And sometimes, you know, we have to be able to unpack those things and real, you know, just get back to like focusing on what's, what's best for us mentally. And then, I mean, just health wise. I agree with that. And especially with the pandemic people, if any of you have uh, suffered at all of mental um, issues at all, you're not alone at all. And I mean, that was before the pandemic too, but now post pandemic, I can't tell you how many people I believe even need to, I'm not like making a joke about them. They're friends or people I know that I believe need to see people who aren't. I have people like that in my life right now makes a big difference being able to talk to somebody confidently yeah. either one-on-one and there's opportunities to have some group sessions as well too and and it just they're very very powerful sometimes you have to push somebody a little bit like come on join us or whatever it is and then they just seem like this was great this is really good so okay and so all people can hit me with full confidence you were mentioning that about anyone hitting me up or someone like me up and full confidence i've had people ask me the craziest thing is like hey i'm like ten thousand dollars underneath on my honda civic i want to blow it up what do you think i should do? <laughs> 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 whatever it is we're happy to chat with you i'll be as honest as i am always are people okay to am i okay to give out your email as well or yeah i'll give it to you right now lenny at drivers it's drivingguild.org right now and it's going to be lenny at driversguild.org as well so okay. yeah and my, yeah lenny uh, either one of them and my phone number for sure yeah so you can hit him up there and uh and i'll put all the notes in the uh in the show notes and uh thank you for coming on lenny man i look forward to uh shooting the breeze with you here from time to time because uh i think we're on we're on the same level with a lot of stuff and if you guys have any question about doordash or para feel or any or any input from your people even you now have a direct line let me know if there's input because we are really looking for input from people i can definitely link you some people they might have some suggestions or feedback that it might be valuable for you to hear yeah i mean well refer them to the group we're we're finding that now with twenty nine thousand users it's we're actually getting to a part we never really wanted to be at, but we knew could happen if this happened. And uh, we're having to like, you know, wean out the, the trolls and the Facebook, (laughs) the Facebook trolls can be a real mess. Yeah. It's part of the gig on our end as well, too. We definitely have. (laughs) Thank you very much. But if you, but if you hear, like you said, you have a door dash group, if you hear like some questions or if you even like threw them out an email and said, Hey, what would your number one improvement on the app be? I'd I'd be interested in seeing their answers. I know that we talk to people about that every day. So, but thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and uh, we'll stay in touch for sure. Okay. Thanks Lenny. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it.